Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of Big Drive Energy, we give you a live recap of the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews. Congratulations to Cam Smith. Absolutely shoved it down our throats. We also have an interview with Dave, the... GM of Rhino Country Club had our event there last Thursday. He was incredible. The whole place was incredible. The putt-putt tournament was awesome. And we that is all brought to you by our sponsor, the official sponsor of Big Drive Energy, and that's Pins and Aces. We have Pins and Aces gear. We wear it all the time. Mitchell's got the hat on right now. Our members are always asking us where you can get it. They are a family-owned golf and apparel company right here in Colorado. They make polos, hats, golf bags, the sickest ball markers, they have country club memberships. If you know, you know. Um, check it out on their website, pinsandaces.com. And they have the favorite item of a lot of people, and that's the beer sleeve. You can fit seven beers into your bag, entire round, keeps them cold. So make sure you're checking out Pins and Aces and using our promo code, BDE, to receive 15% off your first order and free shipping. That's pins, P-I-N-S-A-N-D-A-C-E-S.com. Promo code BDE, and you're saving 15% off the dopest polos in the world of golf. Let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> I am sick. I am fucking sick to my stomach. Yeah, we, we whiffed big time on this one. Um, it it was such an obvious pick that we completely went right over it. We should have gone back to our fundamentals. Uh, Bet Cam Smith for every fucking tournament, no matter what. And Okay, so here's Rory. If you're just catching us now, well, we just started this, so you are just catching us now. Um, 
Rory's about to hit his tee shot on 18. He needs eagle. Yeah, we just saw an electric. Give us He's a shot, trying Tracer. to fade it. Uh, he, he it's doesn't. left. It's left. Land in the upslope. Oh, God, that shot is so fucking hard. That slope in the front of 18 is ridiculous. So Cameron Smith just finished the back nine of an open championship at St. Andrews in 30. Fucking 30. That's low, the but sewer that, I, I will say that nine is pretty gettable. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy, but there's a lot of holes. Well, he made five, what, five straight birdies? Yeah, just went absolutely unconscious. And he also set the record this week for uh, most feet of putts in a single round in a major. 253 feet of putts are over 14 feet made per hole. That's absolutely bonkers. Well, and he's also the lowest uh, the lowest two par in a major championship history. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I mean the, the fact of the matter is I wouldn't say we saw this coming, but with the – with St. Andrews the way it is and how fir- it's never been more firm and with as little wind as there is, there is really a pretty solid chance that somebody is going to set the all-time scoring record. It was just kind of depending on who it was. And I will say that Rory is going to be sick because this has kind of been the story of his career for being an all-time good player and accomplishing what he has at such a young age already. Um it's his putter again. Like when he puts well, he's beats anyone. But we watched the. I mean, we've been watching all day. We're running our member guests, so it's been a challenge. Um, but the first five or six holes, he had four or five really good looks, and nothing ever materialized. And I think, as a golfer, I can't speak for him, but I know me. When you have four or five good looks and you don't see any of them go in. It, it, it's really hard to turn that tide around and start making it. Like, it it, it definitely kind of rides on your start uh, from the from the very beginning of the round, and he just wasn't making anything. So that's kind of been the story of his day. Those tailor-made golf bags, somebody told me those, oh, my God, there's people jumping through the over the burn, through the burn. Good Lord. Look at all these people on the bridge. Just to see Rory lose. Fucking oh, lunatics. I guess, you know, if he chips this in, is it the greatest shot in – Major championship history. Yeah, if he chipped in, then wins. But what I don't understand is, like, I know Rory hits it a long way, obviously, but he was trying to, like, take some off to uh, hit it into 18. And he ends up 20, 30 yards short. And it depends a lot on the bounce, but uh, can't we just watched Cameron Young hit it to 12, 15 feet and make eagle on the last. So I... I almost think he should have taken three wood and just tried to hit a big busted draw and really rip at something rather than, like, trying to feather a cut into the green. Maybe, you know, I'm fucking armchair quarterbacking it right now, but it definitely looked like he was trying to fade it and not really swing hard at it because he knows he can get there. But I, I would think with all your adrenaline pumping and stuff, you're better off in that position just making a really hard move. Like he's used to, you know, not not dialing it back. Yeah, well, so let's talk about Cam Young real quick. Uh, leader after day one. What do you shoot? 64, 64. 64. Went absolutely nuclear. And can you imagine being Cam Young, rookie on the PGA Tour? Somebody tells you, 
hey, you're about to shoot 19 under at St. Andrews and not win. Yeah. Like, that feeling has got to be. I mean, he can't be pissed with how he played, especially finishing with a two um, to get to 19 under. That's why, oh, man, can you imagine Look how electric. Look at that crowd. That's so cool. Yeah, I'd be pissed. But at the same time, like, another guy that we've been betting that we didn't, um, I'm sure he was plus odds still to top, definitely plus odds top five. Probably decent odds to top ten. But he's been knocking on the doorstep all year, and he's going to break through. And, and I mean, I guess we've been saying this with Cam, like, or the other Cam, Cam Smith, cousin Cam, when's he ready to win a major? And it looks like it might be this week. So it just sucks that we pissed this one away. Well, let's talk about our bets real quick as we're watching Victor Hovland come up to 18 here. So Mitchell, uh, the non-crowd favorite bet of Tiger Woods to miss the cut plus 120 is a winner. Easiest money I've ever fucking made. Um, I thought about 12 holes ago that we were going to cash this Rory McIlroy to win bet. Um, Also me. Doesn't look like we are, but we're not counting it out yet until he doesn't hold this. But um, Spencey, Spencey Poo, myself here, uh, cashed both the top 10 for Jordan Spieth at plus 160 and the top 20 for Tommy Fleetwood at plus 180. So Tommy Fleetwood ended up solo four, or tied for four as of right now with Victor. All right, here we go. Potentially okay. the greatest golf shot in the history of the game. It's got to be it. Well, he has too much least, loft. I, I can already tell it. I don't like this. Oh, dude, he actually Not scared even it. Into that. Uh, Cameron Smith. Your 2022 150th Open Championship champion. This guy is just like. How cool is that? I God, I just love this guy so much. It was so hard for me to root against him, which I was kind of doing. Yeah, I mean, we were. This this felt like he was tailor made for Rory McIlroy. And if we're getting into some legacy talk, I mean, I already kind of talked about it a little bit, but. Legacy talk, Rory's going to be looked at more about the majors he didn't win. It's starting to feel like, you know what I mean? Well, having just such a big lead for most of the day, and and Cam Smith was, I think he started five shots back of him today. Yeah. I think because Rory, Rory basically, if Rory makes birdie here, that's what. Um, is he one under today? They're already uh, in green. Rory, I think he's two. If he makes two, if he makes three here, I think he'd be three under. Because wasn't he eighteen he under to six, start? I thought he started at sixteen. Oh, sixteen, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the leaders were at sixteen. Um, but Cam Smith needs to get sponsored by uh, some sort of dog logo instead of that penguin, because he's got that dog in him. So you might as well have that dog on him, bro. He's just like so thirty t- on the back nine at a major. That's that may be remembered as one of the best nines in major championship history, even. And and that's the tough thing is, ten years from now nobody's gonna be like, oh, St Andrews was so easy, you know, it was not no wind, it was really firm. Um, they're just gonna remember that he shot sixty five on Sunday to go out and win a major championship at St Andrews. So, uh, Cam Smith, I think, is effectively cementing himself as a top five player in the world. Just the one thing is, is I, I guess we were spoiled when we were kids with Tiger, where you expect the kind of consistency to see him at the top of the leaderboard week in, week out. But occasionally, Cam Smith's name isn't up there, and you're like, 
you know, you forget about him. Like, I don't know how he possibly slipped our minds this week, but it it happens. So, yeah, I know RK is going to be super happy about this. He's uh he's got a pretty significant bet on uh, on Cam Smith to win. Rory for birdie, uh, another miss putt. Just like you said earlier, man, when you just don't have it going, you it it's tough to feels ever like get it going. Feels like there's a lid on it. Yeah. Ex- exactly. And that's what it looked like for Rory today. Yeah, it just sucks, dude, for him to to win at St. Andrews would be so cool. But I mean, maybe this is the start of Cam Smith's legacy. You know, he he's, he's won been pretty there. much everything else, right? Yeah, he's. He's uh, building the resume, that's for sure. Is Rory going gray? Oh, yeah, dude. He's Look silver foxing it on wow. the side. Wow, what a man rocket. Holy shit. I did not see that coming. Yeah, he's... he's Okay, yeah, those tailor-made bags. Like, everybody did these, these bags for the Open. They've been doing, like, major championship bags. And somebody was telling me the tailor-made one looked better this year. That thing looks like a fucking leather bag from the 1800s like i don't think that looks good maybe that's the thing dude now everything but somebody said it looked more modern it did not that does not look modern dude he shot 64 today. holy shit okay so i guess birdie on so he was four back 12 under the leaders were at 16 hovland hovland had a rough day um i think playing with rory but hovland's a guy we talked about a ton too he's he's a guy that's should be in every single one of these with how well he does everything i was a little shocked hovland was playing as well as he was with the style of golf that's needed here like cam smith fits the perfect style of st andrews golf yeah like how we like let's get i'm still going to be sick for a while about this but well he just puts it so well he's like, the best putter on tour yeah and your short game like we talked about earlier in the week short game is so imperative on tracks like this and Victor Hovland ultimately, like, for how good of a ball striker he is. And actually, Shaheen, um, one of the instructors I f- follow on social media, he was talking about, because um, obviously we've we've spoken of, of it before, but Victor Hovland's short game definitely leaves something to be desired considering he's a top 20, top 25 player in the world. Um, and Shaheen tweeted – uh, short game, uh, something, well, I can read it exactly, but it was something to the effect of uh, ball striking and short game are two opposites, like speed, strike, and shaft lean, and everything is really good when you're, uh, you know, full swing off the tee in the fairway, but then around the green, you want the opposite. You want the, the high loft. You're trying to almost add loft. You're trying to use the bounce. Um, you're trying to hold the face open, you know, you're not trying to compress it really in some, depending on the shot. But he said, that's why a lot of great ball strikers often struggle with their short game because, and I've even taught it this way. Like, um, there is some similarities between chipping and, and pitching and then your full swing, but there is a lot of different elements where, uh, being closed at at the top of a pitch shot and, and, taking it inside, you, you need to be neutral, you need to be um, coming in fairly level angle of attack, you can't be too far down, and I think that's where Victor Hovland really struggles, is like, his his full swing is so automatic, and then even I would say, it goes as far as to say Colin Morikawa is kind of the same way, uh, Morikawa's got a pretty good short game, but he's just got a tailor-made iron, like, Looks like somebody built it in the factory. His iron swing is, and actually, Hovland and, and Morikawa swing it very similarly if you look at them. 
Um, but they're such good ball strikers, and and it just goes to show you how hard it is to win a major because you have to hit the ball really well, and then you also have to be on putting, and that's what makes it even crazier. I know I'm, it feels like I'm going in circles, but Rory struggled all week. Not all week. He didn't, but he didn't putt really well all week for sure, and he was still he lost by two shots. Like that, it just goes to show you how good his ball striking is. But that's what set Cam apart. Those those putts inside of 10 feet and the, the round with 250 feet of putts, like that is where you can gain strokes. And so many people don't understand it, but it happens right before our eyes every week on the PGA tour. You rarely see a dude uh, that's putting it like shit. You know, if you can get, you can win putting average or below or a little bit above average if you're hitting the ball super well. But a lot of times putting is what can mask a lot of the, the issues with your game. So uh, Rory, once again, to recap, struggled on the greens and it's going to be another major that Rory should have won that he kind of had in hand, but didn't finish it. Well, I going, yeah, going back to your, going to your point, thinking about 253 foot of putts, like that broke the record by like, I mean, I'm sure they had a significant amount. It wasn't like a foot or two. Yeah. It was like, I think 214 or 220. So yeah. another 30 feet worth of putts and talk about mask. Yeah. You hit that's three, that's three or four putts that have no business going in. Yeah. That's, and then he's not even in contention mm-hmm. if, if we're talking about that. And, and you can't go a hindsight's 20, 20 every in sports, especially, but like if he even makes 220 feet of putts that day, I mean, I guess you take one sixty footer away. That's that one stroke <laughs> depending upon the putts he made, but just an ungodly, level of putting and and you can win a tournament by putting well jordan Jordan spieth's done it how many times yeah no shit he's he hasn't swung it well i I don't want to drag him but his his putting definitely carried his game for the uh the fair portion of his career when he was really in that hot streak it felt like he couldn't miss from 20 feet so um that makes a big difference but cam smith um he's his biggest struggle is generally off the tee and I wouldn't call it a struggle. I mean, obviously, he's a fucking baller, but uh, his iron play is stupid good. And a lot of Lynx golf is it's second shot golf. Like, you're not going to necessarily put yourself in a terrible position off the tee a lot of the time. There's not a lot of um, penalizing things in your way off the tee, but then you get around the green. And even I was listening to another podcast with – somebody else that doesn't really play golf, he's like, I look at a Lynx golf course and it looks easy because it, there's just not the trees, there's not the obstacles. You look at it and it's wide open. But then you get out on the terrain of the actual greens and the, the fairways and the, the slopes, and if you hit in a bunker, you'll quickly realize how hard it is. But uh, it's just a, it's a different animal. And like Cam Smith, so... For those of you who don't know, he's from Australia, and Australia is actually known. It, it's similar terrain almost to a lot of the, a lot of the courses in Australia are like similar terrain to Lynx golf. Like there, it's very sandy, it's very um, hilly, but relative hilly but flat. Does that make any sense? Like there's a lot of slopes, but it's not huge hills. It's it's a lot of undulation and. Um, just kind of natural contours of the ground have worked their way into the golf course. And so I guarantee you, he grew up on a golf course uh, 
something similar to like a Lynx style course. I don't think there's very many Parkland style golf courses in Australia. Well, and speaking to your point, so as we're watching kind of them recapping Cam Smith round, they just showed him on 17 and he made like a 12 footer for par, but the the pro or the third shot on that hole, he was basically tucked behind a bunker with a giant slope to the right of it. In, and instead of chipping it and going over the bunker, he putted through the fairway around that slope to that 12 feet. And to give him, and, and then of course the putt on 18 to give him a three footer to basically all but win the tournament. The dude's putting it from everywhere and just not missing. And and he had an eagle putt on 15, uh, 14 or 15 where he missed it by an inch. I mean, I would give. Let's listen to Rory's interview real quick. He's frustrated. I would give, like, my left nut to be able to putt like Cousin Cam. Oh, 100%. I think everybody would. So do you think Rory would have – do you think if if the scores are flipped today, before today starts, do you think Rory has a better chance of winning? Not that he didn't feel the need to make putts. Like, you you never – like, especially these guys, they want to make everything. But do you think that Cam had an advantage where he's like, I have to go? Versus Rory, like, not, maybe not, and I, I'm never going to say somebody's not locked in. I mean, they're fucking, I'm shooting 100 on this course. No, probably, for but. sure, you're probably, he's probably protecting a little bit more. Um, because you know when you're, okay, he's complimenting Cam Smith, like the class act that he is, um, waiting for the shot at Live Golf. We'll see if we get one. But, yeah, it, there's definitely that feeling of, playing to win instead of playing to not lose. And I wouldn't say that Rory necessarily did that, but you never know if he plays any shots differently with a lead, you know. And that's kind of a player-by-player thing where some guys scoreboard watch and they alter their play depending on where they're at. And some guys just play their game, and if it's good enough, it's good enough. If it's not, it's not. Um, But I I just – I kind of feel for the guy a little bit. Um He's, I mean, he shot 70, didn't make a bogey. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Hit 17 of 18 greens. But only made two birdies. And that's, that's so unlike Rory, especially when obviously we saw a 64 out there. Like it wasn't playing tough. The fact that he lost by two to a guy that was four back to start the day is kind of an indictment on his game, at least for today, obviously. Um, he clearly didn't have it, and it f- mostly felt like the greens. Like, obviously, like you said, he made no bogeys, so he wasn't scrambling his ass off all day. He was just uh, he was just hitting it relatively close and just not making anything. He burned the edge on one. I know he burned the edge on three. He hit one, I think it was four, either four or five. He hit one to, like, five feet, missed it. And I think also, at least, well, it doesn't affect as much if you're not playing in his group, but I know that that definitely gives your playing competitor some life, whoever you're playing with. Like, okay, he's he keeps giving himself opportunities, but he's not capitalizing. And if you leave the door open long enough, somebody's going to run right through it. You know what I mean? And that's what Cam Smith did. If Rory could have set himself apart at 20 early, it, who knows how it ends? You know what I mean? So, that, I mean – it's just a, uh, a chain reaction of, of everything together. But who is that? Is that Cam Smith's caddy? He was just getting a group hug. Okay, yeah. It was, 
it was Cam Smith's caddy getting all the love. Um, well, well, speaking to your point of scoreboard watching, where do you think it became a piece of Rory's game today? And not saying that it affected him one way or the other. Like, like I said, when we say this stuff, it's not us saying he didn't try harder. But when do you think, like, do you think it was probably when he made the fifth bir- bogey in a row, or birdie in a row, excuse me, on the back and um, tied him? Or do you think it was before that? I'd say even sooner than that. I mean, I think when you see a guy going on a run like that, you kind of have to be aware and and realize that somebody's out there making a run, and if you don't do the same thing, you're going to get left in the dust like he just did. And that's the crazy thing is is you obviously have to put yourself in that position to to contend, but then Cam down the stretch was just so nails, like you said, making that par on 17, uh, huge 12-footer, and then drives it perfectly on 18, it, the only thing better would have been Cameron Young's tee shot, which was 15 feet from the hole. But uh, And then he, he puts it up to two feet, perfect speed, and has a pretty pretty nonchalant, easy two-footer to move to 20. And and Rory, Rory had an opportunity on 17 to get it to 19, and that, could have, that would have definitely changed 18 for him too because all he needs is three. But he missed it, and... I think that's just the, the it's got to be the storyline. And I don't want to say Rory lost it because you go out on Sunday at a major shoot 64, you won it. But Rory had plenty of opportunities that he did not take advantage of. So there's definitely two sides to that coin where did Rory leave the door open for too long or did Cam Smith just fucking put his foot through it and be like, I'm here. Like, I don't care where everyone's at. I'm I'm going on this crazy streak. And like I said, there is that run. You see a lot of the guys out at St. Andrews. Um, I think the back nine stroke average has been a lot lower than the front because there is those gettable par fours. Um, and it all depends on wind direction, but usually the, win- the wind's coming off the water, which is uh, on the back nine going straight down. So that definitely can help guys get closer to those greens because there was like a 400 yard par four was in danger of being driven by almost everybody in the field with how firm this place was yeah well so what was 18 playing 18 was 335 okay ish and it's always kind of a crosswind but that is there's a lot of luck involved on 18 because there's so many um different little ridges in front of the green you know a lot of it depends on the kick and where you land it and if it lands on the downslope and scoots, or if it lands in an upslope and killed it. But that's what Rory's ball did was it landed in the upslope, it rolled maybe 10, 15 yards, where I guarantee you he hits a a low three-wood with a little bit of a draw. Um, that's that's going to get there almost better than uh, the, dri- the trying to fade a driver there, which I, I, did, I was not impressed. Well, and even Cam Smith being – Essentially, what one shot up or t- no one shot up going into eighteen, and just bombing driver basically on the green, yeah. no no worries, you know no no. Well, and it almost goes back to Cam Smith's mentality as a whole. Like he, it doesn't seem like he puts a whole heck of a lot of pressure on himself. Like I think he's a guy that gets excited when he does well, but when he doesn't do well, he's not like beating the shit. He's not like super high, super low, dude. Which it. it serves well obviously coming down the stretch of majors when you're not 
either like th- this back nine. He was obviously crazy hot, and but it di- he didn't let it affect him, and he still stepped over it and hit the golf shot. He wasn't uh, he wasn't trying to play it safe on eighteen. He busted driver right in front of the green, and he w- he. He decided on 18, he's like, I'm going to go win this thing. Because he knew 20 would win it. And, well, I don't know if he knew it or not. But I think I think he had a pretty good feeling if he got to 20, it's going to be tough to get there. And it, it was enough. So, uh, big congrats to Cousin Cam. I think he was plus... Well, I want to say right around 22 to 2,500. 20, yeah, I, I think I saw somebody at 2,400. So, that's pretty damn good odds. Uh, to get on a winner. And I guarantee you going forward, Cam Smith's going to be looked at in a different light after this major. And I th- I think winning the first one is the toughest one for a lot of these guys because Cam Smith's been knocking on the door. And uh, all these other guys, all these young dudes, Hovland, Cam Young, they're, uh, they're knocking on the door too. But once you win that first one, I think it it opens you up to giving you that that freedom a little bit just to go out there and know that you've done it, you know, and you're not trying to get your first one. So I, uh, let's go with a way too early prediction. How many majors do you think Cam Smith wins in his career? I think he's got the game to win a masters. He's been top five there the last like three years. I'm going to go over under including this one. So this is one. I'm going to say total four and a half. Okay. I would say three and a half. So I think we're, I think if he, if he wins three to four, I think that would would definitely be a really good career for him, but uh, definitely put him in the hall of fame. Um, So I got a little trivia question for you. Ooh, love a good trivia question. Cam Smith just joined someone not named Tiger Woods as the only players to do what? In a season. So it's him and one other guy, and it's not Tiger Woods. What did they do in one PGA Tour season? Um, so obviously it's today. Yeah. So wins a wins a major. Wins an win, Open wins Championship. A, wins the Open. Um, wins the players. Yep. Okay. And it's a three-win season. No, that that's it. Win a player. Oh, win a oh, players, okay. and then win an Open Championship in the same year. Okay. But. But um, who did he join? Um, fuck, Adam Scott. It's pretty. This is pretty easy. Okay, when a a player, a players and a open. Rory. No, it's like the it's your goat. Jack Nicholas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I kind of didn't know the players was a thing back then. Yeah, I kind of teed one up for you, but yeah. So Cam Smith joins Jack Nicholas as the only players to ever win. That's kind of one of those a... obscure stats, like one like fucking dudes never had thirty two points, sixteen rebounds, two steals, and five minutes. Yeah, on it's the a bench bit of a cherry and, pick, but the players is con- basically considered a fifth major. Yeah, I mean it's a big deal, but it it's uh that. Feels yeah, it's a little bit of a cherry pick there, and yeah, to my credit, I thought it was more current day. Uh, I really didn't know that the players existed back then. Was it? I wonder if it was at Sawgrass. I don't even know how long Sawgrass has been around, but uh, 
going back to – I'm sure Cam Smith kind of leaned on his win at the players in this win. So Yeah, there's the same kind of con- – I mean, it wasn't that windy here, but that was one of the worst conditions of a tournament ever at the players this yeah, year. Yeah, and I think he's just built to play in these kinds of conditions. I'm sure he probably thought this was mild. Yeah, he's – He's just an incredible like. There's there's not enough words to say about him. He's fully uh, rammed it right down our throats. We'll never make this mistake again. It's an auto bet from here on out, and especially every Masters and every Open Championship. And you guys can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. So I hit two of three this week. Shane Lowry had a chance there. He made two two on a couple par fours yesterday. Thought he was going to sniff it. Of course, he ended up finishing 21st. But my top 20 pick on the DraftKings Sportsbook hit, as well as my top 10 pick in Jordan Spieth. So the actions never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook. All summer long, you can bet on baseball. And if you're a new customer, they're giving you a risk-free bet up to $1,000. All you do is make a bet, sign up, use the code promo, promo code DNVR, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you get another one at it. So you can throw down on baseball, golf, MMA, and much, much more. Same game parlays, money lines, over-unders, all that stuff. The betting options on the DraftKings Sportsbook are endless. We had this course. This is our last major of the year. We still got a ton to ton of golf to watch and, and bet on and a couple fun tournaments coming up. So make sure you're following our Big Bet Energy picks. Uh, we give you DraftKings odds and picks every single week. So download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR and make your first bet deposit. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And another sponsor we want to tell you guys about is, of course, those over at Manscaped. And let me tell you what, Manscaped has saved me this weekend because my feet, dude, we've been on our feet. We've been working 13, 14-hour days for this member guest out here at Spring Valley, and they have the foot deodorant, and that shit is incredible. I'm not going to get too too bad into uh, my feet dude, after. I, I went foot. into my taint with one of those crop reservers. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not lying. Like it got swampy this weekend to say the least. And yeah. It's hot out where, you know, we're, I can't tell you how clutch it was like zero chafing after that. Really? Yeah. That's incredible it, stuff. It's my stamp of approval. So make sure you check out Manscaped and you use the promo code DNVR and you're getting 20% off plus free shipping on your first order. You're getting, you can get the ball deodorant, you can get the crop preserver, you can get the foot deodorant. Uh, they have a great, uh, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0, the best trimmer out there. So make sure you're checking uh, checking out manscaped.com and using that promo code DNVR. This is it for our wrap-up of the 150th Open Championship. Congratulations to Cam Smith. No longer will we never bet on him. We are now going to turn it over to our interview with Dave, the GM of Rhino Country Club. We had a great day there on Thursday. We're going to look to do a lot more events with him and that place uh, as we bring different styles of golf into the game of golf and different people. You know, we had a great time. We created a new drink called the Vodder Pop. Uh, Mitchell had this idea, and it was an absolute hit with a banana banana popsicle in a vodka soda. So we're going to turn it over to Dave where we asked him uh, kind of about starting a business and talk to him about starting up Rhino Country Club, some crazy stories from their 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 side of the bar on the Avs playoff run, and what it's like to run a country uh, country club, but in that format where there's a, you know, a bar and they have parties and all sorts of stuff. So we had a great event. Uh, we did interview him before that, so we're going to turn it over to that now, uh, and you guys all have a great weekend. We are here at the Tawaka Chill Zone. 
uh, reserved for Rhino Country Club members only at the Rhino Country Club in North Denver. Um, and this place vibes. Just oh yeah, it's it gives me like the old country club vibe where you can just come kick it with your boys. Uh, have some drinks and play some putt putts. A badass putt putt course. Absolutely. So we're here with Dave. Uh, Dave Nickel. He's the GM of Rhino Country Club. So were you part of? So you run this place, but were you part of like creating it as well? Um, so I actually uh, joined on in April, uh, about a month before we opened. But you know, I this is a business that's owned and operated by friends that have uh, been in the Denver food scene. Uh, beverage scene for a long time so uh, I was able to come tour the putt-putt course while it was being built and you know I was constantly being updated by my buddies who uh, run the joint um, about the progress and they finally were able to uh, get me on board and uh, you know we're just having a blast over here. Dude, it's awesome. Like, I love, one of my favorite parts is just all the, uh, looking around here, all the different designs and all the different posters. And there's, like, the, in the men, or one of the, ba- the bathroom I went into on the mirror, don't do coke in the bathroom. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck, who would do that? Yeah, you know, right. Man, exactly. But no, no, the, just, the vibes are fucking top notch here. They're, the, it just feels a little old school, kind of a little bit of a throwback. Um, we've all been to a golf course that, or a clubhouse that feels like this. Yeah. But the bar is sick. Everything like, so I, I want to ask you a little bit about the putt putt course. Um, so they designed it, or were you? Did you have part in designing it, or uh, your buddies did? Because I know it, it was done by them, correct, or by you guys. It wasn't like professionally done, or yeah. So it, I mean, it started out with um, you know like CAD drawings of like what the over lay of the course would look like and uh you know we had other folks pour the concrete but after that um you know essentially we did the whole thing by hand you know putting down the turf you know coming up with obstacles you know shopping for all that stuff and uh it's kind of evolved a little bit since we uh first you know got the putters in and started playing on it so it's been fun like trying to you know, we we all are very competitive about the course records, and uh, <laughs> you know, what is the course record right now? Right now, the course record is uh, 14. So okay, that it was 15 for about a month. And okay, a 14 was just laid down last week. I so. saw that written up on the Nick, the picture of Nicholas Cage right here behind us, looking yeah. like a man rocket. Yeah, um, but 14 is pretty damn good because I think I probably the first time we were here, I was at least in the low 20s. Yeah. It, it's a challenge, dude. It really is. Um, yeah. I mean, we designed the course to be, uh, you know, play quick, but also be competitive and, like, replayable. So it's fun to go back out there and try and, you know, get some more hole-in-ones or figure out a different way to play every hole. For sure. Yeah. yeah so it's um, when you guys set this up and, like, have been moving along with this, because you've been open since, you said April, or is it May? Uh, we opened May 6th. May 6th. Okay. So what are some challenges you guys have seen just as far as... Like, are, are you guys pretty much busy all, all the time that you're open? Have you just like getting it, getting the word out there, I'm sure is the toughest part probably, right? Um, yeah, I mean, we had a, uh, a great number of followers on Instagram. That's like our primary means of, you know, getting the word out about, you know, events, specials, stuff like that uh, to the public. Um, you know, we have great proximity to the Mission Ballroom, um, which is a little bit slower during the summer months, but... Um, you know that we get a lot of foot traffic from that you know obviously we're close to uh you know blue moon um the rhino arts district so there is a steady amount of foot traffic here i mean the weekends have been super solid um you know definitely 
want people to come here to play putt putt, but you know, stay for it also being just a good neighborhood dive bar. So that's a- absolutely. Yeah. That's what I was. And my next question was going to be, how many people come here to drink, and how many like. Would you say more people come here to putt-putt and then stay to drink, or more people come to drink and then they're like, oh, this is a badass putt-putt course? Yeah, I mean, we we had, uh, you know, the, the blessing of the Avalanche going to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, this year, and we had awesome parties for um, every Avs game leading up until they won the Cup, and, you know, I think that's kind of a, was a turning point for the bar where people realized that, like, hey, like, we don't – you know, we had no people on the putt-putt course during those games. And, okay. you know, everybody just hanging out inside. And, um, you know, that was that was a great vibe. And I think that um, is going to be what, you know, sustains this bar. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's cool about this place, too, if you haven't been here, by the way, and you're listening, you got it, and you're in the Denver area, you got to check it out. But like uh, Dave was saying, they, they have the putt-putt course, but then there's an immense amount of room outside as well to just hang out. Like the first time Mitchell and I came here, we played nine holes and then we just hung out, had some food, which was phenomenal, had some drinks. And then you can just kind of go back on the putt-putt course. It's not like, it's a perfect medium of people that are, you don't even have to like golf, but even if you do, like we're obviously, that's what we do. We're obsessed with golf, but it's still a great place to come. Even if you're upset, if you're obsessed with golf or you don't even know how to spell golf. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the, the food here is fantastic. That's another great selling point for this bar. Um, a couple of buddies of mine, uh, Alex and Colin in the kitchen, they operate Dalton's. They do um, house ground patties, smash burgers, waffle fries, great mini dogs. And uh, we recently got the you know, Westward top 10 burgers you know, within a oh, month of being open. So That's big. Yeah, that's really it's big. Huge. And, you know, it's, uh, I've definitely put on a couple pounds, you know, eating, <laughs> eating, eating four or five of those a week. So. Oh, I can imagine, dude. Well, yeah. so on the golf course, how do you guys logistically, like, is there a pace of play? Like, do you have an ideal pace of play? Have you, has, have you seen any, like, arguments or fights out <laughs> on the course? Anybody have a few too many and get out there and get pissed off or what? You know, we've been really, uh, you know, surprised and thankful that people have been, for the most part, super respectful of the course. And, you know, definitely on a busy Friday or Saturday night or, you know, right before a show admission or something like that. You can get some bigger groups out there and things slow down a little bit, but, you know, we got misters out there. Um, people are just, you know, hanging out, having a good time and, you know, stepping up when it's ready. And the last thing we want to do is, you know, police people's good time. And, oh, absolutely. Um, for the most part, you know, it, it's a quick course to play. So, you know, we don't want to get into a situation where you have to have a, you know, quote unquote tea time or something yeah. like that. You know, we, we want it to just be there for people to go out and have fun and play as many rounds as you want, play as few rounds as you want, you know, just get out there. Hell yeah. I know uh, Spence, is there, there's a rhino out there, isn't there? There sure is. Yeah, I think Spencer tried to sit on the tusk of it, but other than that, there is no <laughs> obstruction of Jesus, property. I, I don't yeah. think that is that drunk. <laughs> yeah, we have, uh, we currently have two animals out there. We, okay. We, we have a tribute to Chubbs, obviously. from The alligator, uh, The yep. alligator from uh, Happy Gilmore. And then a rhino, which um, is named Roger. I, I put out a naming contest for a lifetime membership um, on Instagram, and I, I liked Roger the rhino the best. Yeah, that's a great old school name. Yeah, perfect, yeah. perfect fit for him. Yeah, it's just it's such a versatile place that you guys have because like you have the bar here, you have a DJ booth. So I'm assuming, don't you guys? I've seen on Instagram and a few things. Don't you guys do kind of like nights like where it turns almost into a club yeah certainly um we've done a couple parties with the goodness that have been a huge success over here um you know put djs out on the patio um 
I think you know pretty much everyone in Denver is a DJ now, so um, <laughs> you can you can get it. well. Spencer's a DJ now. Look at this whole setup. Yeah, yeah. This, this mixing board is quality. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean we we looked forward to you know having some fun parties in here in the winter and having theme parties and um, you know we've got so much space out there out back. You know we're looking to add some more games. Um, we talked about you know tetherball, cornhole, um, and possibly building a stage out there for live music. Um, and I don't know when you guys are going to air this, but we're having our first live band here um, on Saturday, uh, July twenty third. Oh, awesome! So, yeah. I think we're airing it tomorrow at the latest. Either so yeah, tomorrow or early next week. And as oh, part oh, of an oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But okay. yeah, so come check that out. Who? Sorry, Sue, was that again? Um, it's uh, Duke Justice and the Last Thing Left to Lose. That's going to be uh, July 23rd. And uh, the previous night, we're having a uh, country music DJ spinning uh, 90s country music for our first annual Garth Brooks in- Invitational Tournament. So. <laughs> oh, oh, is awesome. that one? Gar- is Garth in town that weekend? Or? Um, I wish. <laughs> oh, okay, because uh, I, I know that he. I know he's been doing some tours. Um, that's awesome, though, dude. Yeah. This is a very, very versatile spot, really. And I actually think it'll be cool to um because it's got a summery vibe to it yeah like even when it's snowy to come here and have some drinks and like hang out and kind of feel like you just got done playing around a golf a little bit yeah absolutely. i think that'll be super cool yeah i think um you know in my experience in the food and bev scene in denver people want to sit outside even when it's 45 degrees outside so i think uh you know uh, in the winters, there's still going to be a ton of great days to come out here and mini golf if it's a sunny. I was going to say, are they going to? Are you guys going to be out there shoveling the, the, the golf course off, or are you just going to see what happens? You know, hopefully, I have a guy for that. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I want to try and make uh, mini golf happen as many days as possible. Oh, absolutely, the year. man. Yeah. Um, how many hole in ones do you have here? So I have holed every individual hole on the course nice. at this point. Um, Damn. Yeah, the first. Hole number one was the hardest one to get a hole on. That was like the last one. Dude, um, hole one, I left it short of the ridge. Like yeah, I did. Yeah. I was like, oh god. Okay, so this, yeah, I definitely didn't sniff that one. I think you did. You do the same thing. Yeah, we both left it. We were both putting from the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, at, at this point, you know, I, I my low score is a 16, so I've had a lot of rounds where I've left some strokes on the table, and I'm hoping that I can get back to the top of that leaderboard soon. You know, I, I feel like I should be up there for how much time I spend here. Absolutely. Yeah. So, are you a? Do you use your own putter here? Are you a big go- so let's start with this. Are you a big golfer in general, or not? Or just kind of play for fun? Or? Um, you know what? I I, I do golf. Um, it's it's not a passion of mine i would say but um i like to get out there you know my favorite thing to do is play like executive courses like par threes like i love you know a quick round of golf um you know get in get in and out for an hour but you know what we've found is that the uh like an actual golf putter just has too much juice behind it like the rubber putters are really where it's at if you want to play mini golf Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, you don't want people hitting it over into the natural grocers <laughs> over there. Yeah. 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 Well, and we have a segment that we do on occasional podcasts that is called Don't Be That Golfer. And, like, bringing your own putter to a fucking putt-putt course is, falls <laughs> right indirectly into that. I yeah, imagine. like you're trying a little bit too hard at that point. You know, I wouldn't look down on it if you, if you did, but um, <laughs> you, won't, be you won't see me doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, not for me. You can do it, but I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Sweet, dude. Yeah. Well... Dude, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. As as you guys know, we're so we're recording this uh, Thursday. Um, we're gonna have our event here tonight, DNVR. Uh, we're gonna have about 40, 50 people out here tonight to check out Rhino Country Club, do a little tournament. 
Uh, hopefully, uh, everybody doesn't. Uh, no, this isn't usually too overdrunk of a crowd, so hopefully we're. I mean, it is Thirsty Thursday. We'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've seen it all, and we're ready for anything. So. <laughs> I love prepare that. For the, prepare right. for the worst. All right, before we let you go, we got to hear the best story from the drunkest person that you got so far. Ooh, um, that's a tough one. Um, but I think, you know, probably my best story is, um, you know, when we took home the Stanley Cup, we had a wild party in here. Um, you know, we have a handful of... Uh, golf trophies around the building and you know we were drinking beer out of the trophies you know there's that's people, legendary people standing on the bar dancing you know we are the champions all the hits you know so that 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 was a fairly drunk night over here but in in a good way oh it's gonna be hard to recreate that like you yeah. guys open and two or three months later there's a championship in the city so all right well hopefully we've got some more of those coming absolutely Awesome, right. dude. Well, thanks, Dave. Appreciate you and appreciate you putting this event on for us. We're all excited to do this, and uh, this definitely won't be our last event here. We definitely want to get something planned where we're doing this every other month or something like that because this place is – we're, we're all about ass. the vibes, especially us. I mean, you can see his shirt. The vibes are immaculate. It's kind of DMBRs <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, this place has every bit of that. Absolutely. So appreciate it. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. Happy to have you here. Absolutely.